0: Praise the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Aren't you glad that He's risen? If not that He's risen, we were just gathering here, probably watching a movie. Just now they were filming Kong and uh, and I don't know what. So I thank God that we can gather together as the people of Christ in Jesus' name. Why don't you you be seated before I continue? So today is Resurrection Sunday. You know, uh, as I was preparing for the, for, the, for the message today, I asked my boys, one of the, the youngest ones, so what does Resurrection Sunday mean to you? So he pondered and pondered. Then he said uh, numerous things. Of one thing, he said, uh, he's my saviour. Ah, okay, so he's a saviour. Do you believe you need to be saved? And do you believe you are saved? And then, of course, he make a pause and he's just you know, a 10-year-old boy. And that really made me think and ponder upon, if He is my Saviour, we can keep preaching the same message again and again and again. Do I believe I'm saved? Or, maybe the biblical question, do I believe I need to be saved? If not, the cross is in vain. Amen? Think about this before I come back again at the end of the sermon. So today, before I begin, I will briefly run through Uh, what we have gone through over the five weeks that we have. Coincidentally, we started with Brother Peter preaching about, I want to know Christ. I remember he talked about the permanent marker. Yes, week one is a five-week series to get to Resurrection Sunday. And that's the reason. Week one, Brother Peter talked about, you know, he was taking taking the, 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 the board and writing some permanent words on it, right? Sometimes, We want to know God, but we don't know who He fully is. We often put Him in a box of our own understanding and thinking that He is what it is according to our understanding. And therefore, statement one, we don't know who Jesus really is. And sometimes we wonder, Jesus is a hard guy to pin down. King at a time, servant at a time, God at a time, man at a time. You know, And last statement, why do we need to fully know Him? We need to be really challenged. Without fully knowing Him, without acknowledging that we need a Saviour, the cross will be in vain and the empty tomb will just be a space. Next, we move on. The character of Christ. Brother Charles, talk about this. Three characters. The Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptizer. Talk about this. And He is the Alpha and Omega. And of course, He is the Lord of Lords. King of Kings. Week 3, we talk about the passion of Christ. I record talking about the portrait, the four different portraits that He is teaching in the temple at 12. That He lifted up the table in the temple and He feed the people. Five loaves, two fishes. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, He prayed and prayed. For God's will, not His will, to be done. Because with this, we know that there's power. Power coming from who He is and what He did. And therefore, I concluded at that part that there's going to be a promise for us because we know who we are and we know who He is. We know where we are going and we know why we are here. We must know why we are here. If not, everything is in vain. And two weeks later, pastor talked about emotion of Christ. I mean, Jesus will not flip the table for fun and laughter, joy and happiness. He flipped the table because he saw an anguish in him that the people of God are just defiling the place and not reverencing God. And we need to have this holy reverence of God. Two questions that was asked with regards to the emotion of Christ. What are those emotions? Some of the things that Pastor briefly shared. Compassion, caring, frustration, anger. He's excited. He's so excited. And believe in. He believed in us that He came. John 3.16, we can memorize that verse. God so loved the world. And last, He signed. And question number two. We often ask ourselves, so what about these emotions? Do I really care what these emotion mean to us? Because ultimately, it helps us drive our passion to know who he is. He cares, therefore he gets frustrated. Therefore, he flip table. He's excited about the people that he caught, the four fishermen he caught, and they follow him. His belief in us, even when we stop believing in ourselves, And lastly, his sigh. This sigh is a recognition of a pain that was never intended, but a hope still waiting to be fulfilled. Hebrews 11.1, what is faith? Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And last week, Brother Brother Charles' message, talk about the foolishness of Christ, the foolishness of Christ. And I told him after the message, hey, he really ministered to me. Because we look at his incarnation, we look at his teaching, why does God want to become flesh? That seems so foolish from the Jews' point of view because they are waiting for a Messiah to come triumphantly to save them. The teaching is so seems so counterintuitive. The world tells you, please make more money. Please provide for your family. But he says, give everything to the poor. Everything. I was reminded, give everything. His networking. He doesn't hang out with the people that are popular. He doesn't hang out with the superstars. He doesn't hang out with the celebrities in our own context. He hangs out with the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the people who are low and down. But these people truly need him. And his leadership which leadership course right now teaches you to be a servant? In the world right now, every leadership that I know of, you've got to be the leader who leads, you've got to be the leader who is you know, bold or, or just going up. Nothing wrong, but Jesus Christ taught us to be servants. And it's counterintuitive. It seems foolish. And lastly, the cross. Imagine the Jews seeing their Messiah being crucified imagine that with me and then they have to bury him pierced at his arms and his feet and they buried him look at this this is all just too foolish to to comprehend and to understand that is why it is important that I mean that is why we went through this series because ultimately we want to know who Christ is we want to know who this person is mean to us not a Not an intellectual understanding, not understanding, oh, He's my Savior, but do do, do I really need to be saved or I think I'm already saved? What's the purpose of all this? If I do not know the character of Christ, that He's the Lamb of God, if I do not have this passion burning in me, everything I do is probably legalistic and I worship my discipline and I worship my ability to be hardworking. If I don't have the emotions of Christ that sustain this passion, everything is just emotionless. I'm just doing for the sake of doing. Coming to church, for the sake of coming to church, because I'm told to, because I'm being dragged, because I, you know, I, I, I have to. And that last part, our God is so foolish if I don't know Him. Our God seems so foolish. How can I serve a God? that die on the cross from a Jew's point of view. How can I serve a God that was supposed to save me, that was supposed to be king, right? We have seen images of king. You read kings and read judges. These people are supposed to save us to get me out of Egypt, to get me out of Babylon, to get me out of captivity. But this God we serve, tell me to be a servant, tell me to be crucified. I can have all the emotion, I can have all the passion burning inside me. But His teaching, His actions seem so foolish and counterintuitive to what we are doing. And this gets me to today's message. He is reason. If we do not know who Christ is, the cross is in vain, the tomb is empty for no reason. Turn with me to, to, to the verse for today, John chapter 20. We are going to read John chapter 20. Verse 1 to 10, and instead of reading, can I show you a clip that reads this verse? 1 to 10, yes, can I have the M-cube to show this?
1: Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been taken away from the entrance. She went running to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved. They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Then Peter and the other disciple went to the tomb. The two of them were running, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and reached the tomb first.
0: That's verse number four
1: he bent over and saw the linen cloths but he did not go in behind him came Simon Peter and he went straight into the tomb he saw the linen cloths lying there and the cloth which had been around Jesus head it was not lying with the linen cloths but was rolled up by itself then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, he saw, and believed. They still did not understand the scripture, which said that he must rise from death. Then the disciples went back home.
0: Amen. That's John chapter 20, verse 1 to 10 being narrated. I thank God for that illustration, and I want, really want you to see that we have three characters here, John, uh, uh, Mary, John, and Peter. What's the purpose of showing you this? Let me give you a context uh, of what chapter 20 is in, uh, in John. Okay. We have the story of this empty tomb, and three people went to investigate this tomb. And this story is about three different people viewing the resurrection differently. And all of us are different. We see the cross differently. Is He our Savior or not? We need, to, we need to talk about it. Jesus has been in the grave for three days. He's been taken out of the grave, wrapped in a body-leaning cloth and laid in Joseph's new tomb. And this is Sunday. Mary Magdalene showed up. She got there. The stone was already moved away and Jesus' body wasn't there. So she ran to tell Peter and John and they both ran to the tomb. The first one who go in was, was Peter and Peter went in and see, hey, you saw what you saw. And they went home. They still didn't understand the scripture that Jesus said he must rise again from the dead. Now imagine with me, they who have worked with Jesus for the past three years still did not understand the scripture. What more about us right now? I'm just thinking a bit from my point of view because I want you to journey with me in my little brain how I feel this. It is very interesting that John, Peter, and Mary saw the same tomb, the same tomb that belongs to Joseph, but their response was different. Likewise, we can look at the cross and respond differently. Mary saw, in verse 2, if you refer to verse 2, Mary saw and believed that the body was stolen. A very conventional thinking. John saw and believed that his reason, verse number ten, and Scripture seems to imply that Peter saw and he didn't know what to believe. He's the first one who went in. You can reference that to Luke chapter twenty-four, verse twelve. I'll briefly read Luke chapter twenty-four. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb, and stooping down, he saw the linen cloth lying by himself, and he departed marvelling to himself at what had happened. In Greek, the marvel means to really what? To really wonder at, wondering. So he didn't know what to believe. Again, we have three closest disciples that know Jesus Christ, that have seen signs, wonder and miracle and Peter even proclaiming He's the Christ. So we saw three different people who were already so close to God. What more about us? So isn't it amazing that often in life we can look at the same thing and have different interpretation of what it is. I'll give you an example. Can you show the picture? Can you show the picture? You don't need to know what this is. Okay, You don't need to know. Just a glance. First thought come to your mind will be an answer. What is this, for example? What it is, okay? To a farmer, this is just my own interpretation. To a farmer, This is a watch that tells time. To a wholesaler who trades in watches, this is probably probably a good business, a good profit to a wholesaler. Now, to a children, this can be daddy's watch or mommy's watch. To a little baby like Mika, this is a toy, very fun to throw around and shake, 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 she got sound or not. Now, to a collector, this is priceless. And to a dying man that could be in the deepest, darkest valley or in the middle of the desert, this watch means nothing to him because he's craving for something else. So likewise, what I'm trying to illustrate of these different people, anyway, that's just a... Anyway, next What I'm trying to tell you is all of us have circumstances and baggages in our life. All of us. I have baggages. I have circumstances that has been dictating how we live our life. It is the same watch. Likewise, it is the same cross. There's no multiple cross. The cross at Calvary is the same. The Christ, that's Jesus, our Lord, our one true living God. But we can view it differently Probably because of maturity. The child, the baby doesn't know. They think it's fun. The watch is fun. To a person who values it, that is priceless. Probably to the Pharisee, oh, this is something that can elevate me and make me rich and powerful and can walk around in the towns and people have to bow down to me. But for people who hunger and thirst for the right thing, that is meaningless because they truly hunger and thirst. Can you imagine with me just now, if we do not know Christ, we do not who, know who He is, this whole series of understanding the character, understanding the emotions, understanding the passion of why He do what He do, understand that there's foolishness, yet is so different. That is really important. Because you do not know what this thing is of value. You can be thinking, Oh, Jesus... Uh, the, the, the body was stolen. And that was written, actually. They told some of the guards, the Pharisees paid, you can read the Scripture, the Pharisees paid the guard to say this, and this was propagated among the Jews, that Jesus Christ's body was stolen. But sometimes we see, yet don't believe. In in Matthew 13, you can, you can read Matthew 13, verse 11 to 17, but I'm going to just read Matthew 13, verse 16. Matthew 13, but blessed are your eyes for they see, and your ears for they hear. Surely I say to you, many prophets and righteous men desire to see what they see and did not see, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear. We need to look at God with the eyes of our heart. Savoring Jesus is the response to seeing Jesus with the eyes of your heart. When you see something that is truly beautiful, valuable, you will saviour it. Just like just now I said, to a farmer, it is just a utility watch. It serves its purpose, but it has no value to him. I could come to Christ, pay my dues, and then just go home for the six and a half days. I just do what I want to do. But if Christ is so valuable to me, if I see Him with my heart, If I see Him, not intellectually, but comprehending and savouring, you know savouring, good food, you want a saviour. Good relationships, you want a saviour, right? You put in effort. That love will really, I, I, I found this, when you love Christ, it will motivate us beyond every legalism, guilt, or manipulation can ever do. When you truly love someone, now think of it uh, for those who are in a relationship, husband and wife, you know, boyfriends or girlfriends, when you truly love someone at the start, I don't need to conjure you to love that person. I don't need you to, to do things, but you will just want to do it. It seems foolish, right? Sending somebody home at 12 midnight, oh, I'm so tired already, but it seems foolish. Correct? It seems just really strange. Why do I want to spend time with this person when I can, you know, play my soccer, play my games? Why do I want to, you know, watch a play or whatsoever? Because it pleases that person. Because I truly love that person. And oftentimes, as you get married, the passion dies, right? And I I want to go in to say, you need to continue to be reminded why you are there in the first place. When it is dry you need to have the sparkle back again when we are dry in Christ turn to him pray and seek jesus connected with him because jesus know no because jesus know who he is where he belongs to and where he's going the purpose of him on on the world is to do the will of the father so journey with me to see how i see the resurrection please come along with me you know i've been part of a, of, a, of, a, of a care group, uh, both past and both present. If you really want to see what true care group is, join our care group. Join the people that we bond, we fellowship together. But if you want a perfect care group, I don't have anything to offer you because if I found a perfect care group and I enter it, I am the one who is going to make that imperfect. And that's the truth. So if I don't see the resurrection as something meaningful to me, everything else will be in vain. Jesus Christ came to save the lost of which I am one. Apostle Paul talked about it in 1 Corinthians. Now, what do I, me, me, I, see when I look at the resurrection? Point number one, I see a God that's alive. If He's dead, everything else will be in vain. Nothing truly matters if He's dead. You know, we know famous people died. You know, our, press, our, our prime minister, founding father, died. They didn't rise, but Jesus Christ died, and three days later he was risen again. As I said, if not for the fact that he has risen, everything else would be in vain. Turn with me to First Corinthians, chapter fifteen. First Corinthians, chapter, chapter fifteen, uh, verse twenty. But now Christ. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse twenty. Basically, the whole chapter fifteen. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. Amen. He has risen. If he is not risen, everything else would be in vain, because Revelation one verse eighteen. Revelation one verse eighteen. It says, I am He who lived and was dead and behold, I am alive forever. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. He is the God in whom we serve with the keys of Hades and death. And we've talked about this and said this, that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. We who are the body of Christ are the church with Him being at the head of it. We serve a living God. We don't serve a dead God. If we serve a dead God, everything else has no purpose. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. We said this a lot during Christmas. But likewise on Resurrection Sunday, and His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And that is because He lived. If not these names, these titles would be in vain. He lived because of us is reason because of us we know we serve a living god not a dead god we serve a god that knows our need right now so if you have a need you can just make petition to him likewise that is how i see him if i serve and i see the resurrection as a dead god i probably won't be here as well next one which gets me really excited Point number two, I see an enemy that's defeated. Guys, who likes to stay defeated and have a defeatist mindset your entire life? Or who wants to have victory in your life? Amen? We all want victory in our life if we serve a dead God and there's no victory. Honestly, anybody wants to serve that. But we serve a God who is alive and we see that the enemy is already being defeated. The scripture calls the enemy a couple of names. Dragon, Satan, serpent, adversary, the wicked one. And his hatred towards God causes a lot of problems of which sin enters the world. It says, Romans, uh, Romans 5 verse 12, Romans 5 verse 12, Therefore, just as though one man sin entered the world, that's talking about Adam and Eve, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. Now look at this. The devil thought that he has won. I've got the Pharisees on my side. I've got the Pharisees no longer declaring, declaring him the king. And then I have him crucified and dead. Now, in the next two days before his risen, Probably the enemy will be rejoicing. Let's have a party. You know, I got Christ defeated. We tried to tempt him for 40 days out in the wilderness. It didn't work, but we got him crucified. But they do not know who he truly is. They don't know. Thank God they don't know. Because the Christ, the cross was the ultimate victory. What I want to say about this point is: stop giving credit to the enemy for every downfall every downtrodden valley that we have to go through, that is life. Have you ever wondered when you are good and doing well and flourishing, we might often not go to God? I'm speaking about myself. Journey with me through my little mind. I'm talking a lot about myself. When things are good and rosy and flourishing and blessings come, more often than not, truth be told, I'm further away. Because this thing clutters out my work with God, but it is when the valleys come, the difficult situation come, the sickness come that I know I have a God that I can turn to. And the good news is there is victory because the enemy is already defeated. Let me give you some verses that talk about this. Romans sixteen, verse twenty. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. And Revelation twenty ten. This is great. Revelation 20, near the end of the Bible. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Jesus Christ have the gates of Hades and death and He admonished them in His due time when the end of days come. And we know that He has defeated the king, the enemy, the prince of this world. We can think intellectually ourselves. What He do during the next three, next few days when He was in a tomb? He invaded the enemy's territory. He overcome the enemy's power. He destroyed every weapon that He had and He spoiled His house. We read about this in Colossians 2, verse 15. Colossians 2, verse 15. Having disarmed principality and power, having disarmed principality and power, He make a public spectacle of them, triumphing, triumphing over them in it. This resurrection tells me the enemy is defeated. Now I serve a great God. I know who He is. I serve a great God that the enemy is defeated. The next point would be, I see a gospel that is so powerful with the enemy, the prince of the world, being defeated. Colossians uh, 2 verse 12. Colossians 2 verse 12. Buried with Him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God, who have risen Him from the dead. Now the gospel is not just death and burial. It is about His resurrection. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is the gospel that saved us. The thing that is more, this thing is not just repentance and baptism, which is important. It is about the power that His spirits bring because Paul said that we were baptized into Christ. We were baptized into His death and buried with Him in baptism. Romans six three four 4 says that just as Christ was risen from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. There is victory. There is newness of life. Sometimes to me, life gets really dull. If you are my age, probably midlife crisis starts to set in. Life feels very boring, especially if you have been with, you know, you have been a Christian for very long. You just see no victory. Things can see. This is me talking to myself. Again, you are journeying with me in my little mind. I see being, I see just being very defeated. I see there's no. No, no no more passion that is burning with me. The initial passion might have gone extinguished. But I'm reminded and I have to be choose, I have to choose to remind myself when I look at the cross. I know God is alive, that I can walk with Him in newness of life. That the gospel has the power to change life. Because the gospel changed my life. First, therefore, I'm here. I'm not here, then the gospel changed me. That is just behavior modification. But I'm here because the gospel itself, the message, the truth has changed me. That's why I want to stand here and share the word. I have the opportunity to stand here and share the word. Look at this. If you, that was my little mind. Now, if you reference back to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 9. This is the Apostle Paul preaching to the church of Corinth. Verse, chapter 15, verse 9. I For I am the least of the apostle. He said he's is the least of the apostle. Because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace towards me was not in vain. And I laboured more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and so you believe. Can you see what this is talking about? We don't preach the gospel for personal glorification. We preach the gospel because we have been transformed ourselves. There's no performance here. This is all about the gospel. I'm again talking about myself, journeying with me. If I do this for the sake of doing it, what? Am I different from every Pharisee and Sadducees and Zealots out there? I do this because I'm reminded of what Paul says. That by His grace towards me, all this thing I do and I do it abundantly more. This passion that is in me would be magnified and exemplified by this particular phrase, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. I did not do this by my own strength. Paul wrote it. He didn't do this by his own strength. Again, huh? he is a great Pharisee. He knows the law. He knows beyond what I even know. He is a great man of God and he persecuted the people of God before he was transformed. No amount of intellect, no amount of wealth and fame. And he gave that up, basically, because Pharisees live really well by the temple. No amount of that can justify why He do what we do. Other than the grace of God. Other than He knows who He serve and He knows this God. Look, in Timothy, he wrote the letter to Timothy. He, he said about this, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. There is no implication of any victory or blessings on earth. He continued to fight. Because he believed in the gospel that will transform people's lives. he wants to preach. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and so you believe. He go about doing this. He keep the good fight of faith. He continue churning on. I told I talked to my wife. What if blessings and all the good things are taken away for God? We still thank God because of salvation we thank God because the enemy is defeated that more heaven will rejoice when one sinner is added even more because we defeat the enemy with Christ by our side. Can you see my little mind, the burning fire that is happening? Because we do this not by our own agenda, not by our own will, but by the grace of God. 2 Corinthians 5.17, just a little bit lower. If anyone any man be in Christ. He is a new creation. How can we walk in newness of life and be a new creation if we do everything by our own understanding and by our own will? You'll be really tired. I was watching a a show talking about influenza. Anybody know? I think everybody knows what's an influenza. One of them said, if you are an influenza and you live a double life, it is very difficult because you have to keep up with the image and if you are not true, to the the image that you're portrayed to the world is going to be very, very tiring. And that is true of us. I cannot be here putting up a show to tell you da-da-da-da-da and then I don't live according to what the Bible says. It is important for us to know who He truly is. That's why we have four, five weeks of lesson to talk about who Christ is before we can even arrive today to talk about He is risen, He is alive, that the enemy is defeated, that there is power in the gospel, that I can have the bonus to go forth and share the gospel. The resurrection life is an overcoming life. The resurre- there is power in His name. We have heard about it. There is power in His name the next thing i see a hope that's sure 1 peter 1 verse 20 1 peter chapter 1 verse 21 who by him do believe in god that raised him from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in god we have a hope because he's being risen again i said hebrews 11 right now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen Romans 12, verse 12, we can rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and continue steadfastly in prayers. Because we have this hope, 1 Corinthians 15, 19, again, I go back to 1 Corinthians 15, 19, 22, which I've just read, uh, read. if in this life only we have hope, we'll be of all men most miserable. Hope without Christ is just nothing. Correct? That means we are hoping for nothing. The tomb means nothing to us. But, again, yes, you have, right? Yes. But Christ is risen from the dead and become the first fruit of them that sleep. Praise the Lord that He is the first fruit. That means there is the harvest that is going to come. By man came death. But by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Amen. Because of this first fruit, which is defined as in Greek, ap- Apache, it is the first one to be caught. That means there's a promise, there is a promise and a hope of harvest. The dead is defeated, the resurrection His resurrection guarantees our resurrection that we have hope in Christ that when things are not well, I know I can have hope. I know there's resurrection power. I know I can clap my hands and shout and praise Him and hallelujah. And the last point, when I look at it in my little mind, I see a promise that is beyond description the empty tomb tells me that He has gone to prepare a place for those who He loved. How do we know that? John 14, verse 14. John 14, verse 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. Again, in my Father's house are many mentioned. If if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Amen. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to Myself that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. 1 Corinthians 2.9 Eyes have not seen nor ears heard. We do not know. We have not seen this. Again, what is faith? The evidence of things not seen. The conviction. Because we do not know, sometimes we compare why some people like this Why some people like that? I do not know why more people are blessed or not, but I know God, this God in whom I serve. Just now I talked promise, right? That's beyond description. Promises of the good stuff in our point of view, Singaporean stuff. We have a a nice house, we have a good family, we have spare cash, blessings and money all the tangible stuff now i want to say the promises that's beyond description also talks about the intangible stuff the healing the peace the love the authenticity the hunger truth be told if you ask a rich man who is miserable and why he is miserable he will probably say the intangible stuff matters. And because he has conquered the grave, Christ Jesus has conquered the grave, this intangible stuff matters. Then I ask myself, again, journey with me, with my little mind. I ask myself, Chris, faith doesn't put food on the table. Faith doesn't sustain my family. Faith doesn't heal my kid. I still need to go to the doctor. Faith faith doesn't bring back my loved one who has passed away. Faith does not cure my parents or father or mother with cancer. I can talk about this all day long, and we have Tuesday prayer meeting to talk about it. But think about this, that he who promised is great, that he is the one of whom we can lean our faith in. We do not know his timing and we do not know when he's going to bring about whatever that he's going to bring about. But we know he's a great God whom we serve. Because if we go back to the last few lessons, we know that he is an overcomer. We know that he's the king of kings who does all things. We have seen miracles, signs and wonder. He raised Lazarus for the days. He Cast out demons from Mary and different people. He let the, the deaf and the milk hear. He gave fishes to the fisher Fishermen. Now, we do not know his timing. But if you ask me again, yes, faith doesn't put food on the table. But I know in a God in whom I serve. Can you imagine with me, as much as I can think intellectually, what the gospel is about. It is about death, burial, resurrection, and Does it mean anything to me? I don't know. But if you know who Christ is, then His reason has a purpose. That's the reason. His reason has a meaning and a a purpose behind what all of us do, what we do, what people like Brother Shank do in his ministry, what Brother Calvin do in his ministry. They may be, if you don't mind, they may be thinking, what about my kid? What about my wife? Faith doesn't heal them but they continue to do what is right by God. And I honor these people that I can get to walk with. Amen. That this is the reason, this is the reason that Apostle Paul talked about. For by grace of God, I am what I am. We don't do things because we have to do it. We do things because God so loved the world that by His grace I am redeemed. Again, I said before, if there's nothing that I have, I thank God for salvation because I know where I'm going. Eternity, Brother Peter talked about, eternity is a very long, 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 long time. I know that I, I know where I'm going. And if there's no victory, and Paul says, implied that there's no victory because he just kept the faith and has finished the the race. He fought the good fight. It doesn't mean he got the victory. But we can know that he is Christ. This intangible stuff, healing, peace, love. Revelation 21, verse 3 and 4. This is the promise that is beyond every description. And I heard John says, and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, The tabernacle of God is with men and He will dwell with them. Amen. And they shall be His people. God Himself will be with them and be their God. Amen. Now this is it. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things has passed away. Yes, we can look at the tangible stuff and the blessing and the intangible stuff, the healing that is still ongoing. The, the sickness that is still had, that brother, brother Andrew, the, brother, our care has to go through. The sickness is still there. Life is life. We do not know why things happen for a reason. But praise be to God. Praise be to God that as life gets tough, we can lean on God. As life gets difficult, we don't quote Psalms 23 for nothing, right? When we go through the shadow of the valley of death, I will fear no evil. The enemy wants us to fear, wants us to perpetually live in fear that, oh no, I don't have enough. I need to continue to more money to live this lifestyle. Oh no, uh, a lot of people are sick. I cannot serve God. Brother Shank reminded me, if we don't go and reach out to the people that don't know anything, or who are down, or who are less light, for example, how are you going to reach the world? Look at what Jesus did. It seems foolish, but it makes so much sense. John 16, 33. John 16, 33 says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. Come on. In the world, you have tribulation. Do I need to say more? In the world, you have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. This is the God we serve. This is the God we serve who overcome everything. Every sickness is still there. Yes, but we pray. We pray and seek God's perfect timing. Hebrews 10, 25 Therefore, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. If he who promised is dead and has no power and the enemy, the prince of the world is still alive, then what's the the point of doing all this? But he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and of good works. Amen. That's what the body of Christ is all about. We stir up good works in each other, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as in the matter of some, but exalting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. What a day. What a day it is. I take, no, I, I take great pleasure that I could be here speaking and I take great pleasure that I can be with the body of Christ, be in my prayer group, exalting each other and stirring up good works to each other. That we can be reminded of who Christ is. Remember, that was, that was Mary, Peter and John. John 20. Just now I was talking about John 20, verse 1 to 10. John 20, verse 28 to 19. 28 to 19. And that's the supposed doubting Thomas. And it says, And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Imagine what John, Peter and Mary, they themselves 2,000 years ago already have this doubt. They look at the cross, they look at the tomb with different interpretation. What more about 22021 now that we live in with all the high-tech information that we have, speed and power that we have, but it continued. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. So what about our faith? Do I believe that He is a saviour, full stop? Or do I believe that He is a saviour who is alive, Yes, I can understand that faith doesn't put food on the table. But I can also see a God in whom I serve. And that's why I have my own testimony. You have your own testimony. You are here because you have been moved by God or you have personally witnessed a testimony. Just now, this entire sermon, the five points that I talk about, my little mind of how I view the resurrection. You have your own walk with God and you have a view of how you have seen resurrection. What I'm trying to remind every one of us today that He is risen and the resurrection means something. You have your own walk with God. We can read all the stories and we can see everything but everyone will see things differently. Some see myth, some see foolishness, some even see offence. But when we saviour God with the eyes of our heart and we treasure what truly, truly matters, it really means what truly is. Romans 8 verse 11. I'll end with this. Romans 8 verse 11. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies, by His Spirit that dwell in you. Amen. Why don't you stand? Amen. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Lord. Hallelujah. Why don't, you, why don't you close your eyes and turn to God and bring into your remembrance what has been done to your entire life and your journey with Him. When you look at the cross, what does it mean to you? When you look at the empty tomb, what does it mean to you? Not everybody can come to the same conclusion and I know it takes time. It takes your personal walk with God. But most importantly, it takes humility to know and acknowledge that He is Christ. It takes takes my desire to want to walk. I don't come to Him when everything is good. I know I came to Him because my life was broken to the pieces and I have nowhere else to go. And I thank be to God in a God who looks after the downtrodden, the prostitute, the proselyte, the slave, the servants. I thank God that He helped me and my family. I'm not here to tell you My journey is the correct journey, but you all have your own journey. You all have your own walk with God that brought you here and you are still walking. And to the people who watch online, pray together that we can acknowledge who He truly is. We know that He is our God, that His Spirit dwells in us. For those of you who have not received the Spirit, there is power in His name. You just need to ask that we know what happened at the day of Pentecost when Peter preached to the people who saw and see them speaking in tongues. And remember this, those who hunger and thirst says, hey, I'm cut to the heart. What must I do to be saved? What must I do? When you come to this realization, what you must do, you will know what Apostle Peter has preached about in Acts 2.38 that says, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and the children and for all who are far off. We live a God who has promised beyond every description that we can know that He is our God. Why don't you pray, Lord Jesus, Lord? If it's appropriate, pray for your neighbors within your zone. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, we are reminded, Lord Jesus, Lord, that you have risen from the dead, Lord Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus, Lord, we see a cross, Lord Jesus, Lord at the cross lord jesus lord that you have redeemed us lord jesus that you have cleansed us lord jesus lord that the death the penalty of sin is death but lord we can come and proudly proclaim death where is your sting that sin has been washed white by the christ that we love by the love of christ Lord Jesus, Lord, that you have risen, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, thank you, Jesus, Lord, that you who begin a good work will complete it, Lord Jesus, Lord, that the sting of death is sin, but the strength of sin is in the Lord. But thanks be to God who gave us the victory through our Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, you wash away every sin, that my brothers and sisters here can be steadfast, can be immovable, can be always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing, Lord, that everything we labour is not in vain, That is in Christ Jesus, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, Lord, You bring about every restoration, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, I pray You stir up good works in all of us, Lord Jesus, Lord. That we know, Lord Jesus, Lord, that healing comes from You in Your perfect timing, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, for my brothers and my sisters, Lord Jesus, Lord, Lord, every cancer will go away, Lord Jesus. Every tumor will go away, Lord Jesus, Lord. Every leg, Lord Jesus, will be restored, Lord Jesus. That you will raise, Lord Jesus, those who need to be risen, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, I pray you give clarity of mind, Lord Jesus, and of a sound mind, Lord Jesus, Lord. That we walk with you in newness of life, Lord Jesus, Lord. That when one is down, Lord Jesus, Lord, that we stand... In the gap, Lord Jesus, because you are great, Lord Jesus, and greatly to be praised, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, we go through life because, Lord Jesus, you are there with us. We know you are God. We know you are, Lord Jesus, that we can fight this good fight, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord Jesus, you are God, Lord Jesus. Jesus, Those of you who have not received the Spirit, Lord Jesus, just ask and seek, Lord Jesus, because i was lost and yet i'm found lord jesus in the name of jesus lord lord for those who seek lord jesus lord has found lord jesus lord hallelujah lord jesus for you came to seek and save those who are lost of which i am one lord jesus lord lord jesus lord <laughs> Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord Jesus, Lord. You are great, Lord Jesus, Lord. And greatly to be praised, Lord Jesus. You will bring restoration in every relationship, Lord Jesus, Lord. Heal every relationship, husband and wife, Lord Jesus, Lord. Children and parents, Lord Jesus, Lord. Lord, I bring you, pray you bring, Lord Jesus, restoration, Lord Jesus, to every relationship, Lord Jesus, Lord. That the peace of God, Lord Jesus, Lord, will be with us, Lord Jesus. Wherever we go, that you have called out, The one Lord Jesus Lord Who will seek you Lord Jesus Who will turn to you Lord Jesus Lord Use everybody here Lord Jesus Use everybody who's watching online Lord Jesus Lord That we know we serve a living God That we know we serve a God Lord Jesus Lord Who we serve Lord Jesus Lord Hallelujah Lord Jesus Lord Hallelujah! La Jesus, quiamos moro coro, 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 coro. samara caralia posso moro coro, Jesus, thank you Lord Jesus that you are great Lord Jesus Lord You are great and greatly to be praised Lord Jesus Lord Lord I pray you bring about healing Lord Jesus Bring about every healing and restoration Lord Jesus Lord, Jesus, Lord. Lord, we know, Lord Jesus, that you are great, Lord Jesus Lord, Lord, Lord just Lord Jesus Lord. Like like Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, Lord Jesus, Lord Who gave everything, Lord Jesus That he was the chief tax collector That he turned to you And Jesus Christ saw and walked, Lord Jesus Coming to our house, Lord Jesus With him, Lord Jesus, Lord For you said, Lord Jesus You came to seek the, the lost, Lord Jesus, Lord. Why do we continue to worship Lord Jesus? In His name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Why do we continue to give thanks to Him, Lord Jesus, Lord? Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Why do we come together to worship Him again, Lord Jesus, Lord? If it's appropriate, why don't you, guys to guys gentlemen to gentlemen put your arms around each other and pray for the strength of the body the strength of the people of god to come together that as what hebrews says in chapter 10 verse 24 hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 hallelujah lord jesus lord and since we have a great praise over the house of god let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our body washed with pure water. Therefore, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. Amen for He who promises is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as in the habit of some. Amen. But encouraging one another when our brothers and sisters is down, we choose to stand in the gap for each other. that Not neglecting to meet together, as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day draw near. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we can gather together in your name in this body, Lord Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, Jesus, Lord, Lord, Hallelujah, Lord, Jesus, Lord. Can we play the worship, the last worship song? Let's worship God together. The
2: moon doesn't star, stay away. The morning sun was dead The saviour of the world was fallen His body on the cross His blood poured out for us The weight of every
0: curse was upon Him That He bears our iniquity, Lord Jesus, Lord. That every healing will come from Him and Him alone, Lord Jesus. Why don't we praise and worship Him together, Lord Jesus.
2: One final breath He gave As heaven looked away The Son of God was laid in darkness A battle in the grave The war on death was waged, the power of hell forever broken. The ground began to shake, the stone.
0: somebody. death is defeated guys hallelujah Lord Jesus Lord. come on death is defeated death where is your thing we serve a living God who we serve Lord Jesus that he is glorified guys church why don't you pray Lord Jesus and praise him without ceasing and knowing that he is alive Lord Jesus Lord that our Christ whom we serve is a good God Lord Jesus Lord But that he is not Remember that death is defeated, Lord like Jesus. Come shay, on, guys.
2: Jesus, why don't you away. exalt him and praise his him with all your might, Lord Jesus, Lord? Lord. That his, Lord. Lord. his love cannot be overcome. Oh. That he is the great God of Jesus. Death is your sting. Death is your sting. That he is sting, our iniquity in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah Lord Jesus, Hallelujah Lord Jesus, Hallelujah Lord
0: Jesus Hallelujah Lord Jesus Lord, You are great and great need to be praised Hallelujah Lord Jesus Lord, Hallelujah
2: You Lord, we worship you Lord. We love you Lord, we love you Lord. Oh, we praise you, God. We sing hallelujah. Oh, yes, we sing hallelujah. Oh, yes, we sing hallelujah. The Lamb has overcome. Oh, we sing hallelujah we sing oh, we sing hallelujah we sing oh, we sing hallelujah oh, yes, Lord. The, lamb the lamb has overcome oh, we, we sing hallelujah we sing hallelujah we sing hallelujah the lamb has overcome we sing hallelujah We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The Lamb has overcome. We sing hallelujah. Lift up your voice. We sing hallelujah. Lift up your voice. We sing hallelujah. The Lamb has overcome. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. Say hallelujah, the lamb is overcome. King glorify him for he is reason and he's alive He's alive in us He's alive in us. Dance. tell him that you love him tell him that you honor him tell it to him express your love to him Corrababarre bosiere Corrababarre boshore Chi arabarati e Chi
0: I don't know about you. I do, I, I'm not sure if this is streaming, but I do not know about you. I felt that this sermon that I was preaching I was really preaching to myself. This this passion is me is really burning. We always quote Acts 2.38. And Peter said, Repent and be baptized. But I just felt compelled to share this with the people of Christ. Let there be revival, because in Acts 2.46. So continually, daily, with one accord in the temple and breaking down, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people. Look at this. And Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Amen. I pray that there will be a revival. In our congregation, in tabernacle of joy, that we can continue daily in one accord, speaking the gospel, spreading the apostle doctrine. In Jesus' name, amen.